Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Basketball Benny Podcast. Looks like the cats finally got back, or the cats got back on track last night. Big win. And uh, we've got a pretty cool show coming up today. Roger Harden's going to join us in a few minutes. I'm looking forward to chatting with him, getting his thoughts on these cats. I tell you, that, the, the guys... The guys did play pretty well, Keldon and uh, and uh, Hero answered the bell. So they came back with huge games. I'm kind of concerned about Ashton though. His defense is really nowhere near what it was a couple of months ago. I don't I don't understand what's going on there. I guess the one bright side is his shots coming along pretty well, and that's that's encouraging. But he has to get back to uh, being that on ball defender that he was. He was really really causing havoc for other teams, and he just hasn't done it for the last three games, really. And uh, I guess if you would have said the Cats would go 3-1 and one without Reed Travis, and I think we have all taken that. I don't know what happened in that Tennessee game. Just nobody seemed to show up for that one, and uh, still a mystery. Maybe it's just a blip on the radar, we hope. But they got back on the winning track, and the – they played a pretty good ball game. There was, there was some defensive lapses, but they, they had to fight. And, uh, those guys, I mean, they only shot like nine threes and still scored 80 points, and those guys were just firing it. <laughs> that Ole Miss was firing it, even the big man. And I don't think he's normally a three-point shooter, but they took punches and went on and uh, pulled out the victory in the end, and I was, I was proud of them on that. Uh, I had my doubts. I really thought they might go down there and lose. Now they can just get this game. This game Saturday against Florida should be in good shape, maybe even for the number one. We'll see. I mean, I think they're going to have to win a couple games, hopefully get that rematch with Tennessee and win that one to get that one seed. And there's some other teams going to have some stuff to say about that, like North Carolina. North Carolina's on a roll. If they go, If they beat Duke again, you know, with Zion – or without, really, probably going to be uh, right there with Kentucky is fighting for that one seed. So it's hard to say what will happen. But it uh, it could very well be North Carolina the one seed and Kentucky the two seed. You know, that would be uh, that would be something. I I don't think I I mean North Carolina's a good team, but I don't I don't think the matchups is bad for us against them as it is Duke, but. We'll see, you know. I'm, I'm not saying that these, these guys can't beat Duke on a good night when they're playing well, but it's rare that uh, that all of our guys play well on the same night, and that's that's what we need. We just need them to start coming together here and uh, making this stretch run because it's time. Cause it won't be long. You lose one, you're done, you know. It's, it won't be long at all, and uh, I kind of worry about it, you know. And that, and that game last night, though, I tell you, Doug Shales, he's something. <laughs> I know uh, I don't like to cry a lot about officiating, but you're giving Calipari a coach's box warning with Kermit standing in the half court. <laughs> and uh, P.J. got, oh, he got mugged. I mean, absolutely mugged. I have to hand it for Calipari for not getting a technical foul because I believe I would have last night. Uh, I don't know. 
don't know if it's uh, biasness or just awfulness. I'd say it's more like awfulness because I've seen several games this year where the officiating was just horrible on both sides, you know. I thought that game at Kentucky with Tennessee was was one of the best called games in the first half. In the second half, they call everything. I don't, I don't know. I kind of like it better when they let them play a little bit. But you know how it is. It's just you never know what you're going to get, and that's the thing that you hate about it is you cannot get consistency in the uh, officiating. That's all anybody asks for is just a little consistency. And looks like Roger's calling in now. Well, nope, lost him. Yeah, he'll be back shortly. Um, you know, I, I was really impressed with Hero on the offensive end, but he's once again he struggled a few times defensively and uh, didn't uh, didn't get out on those threes early. But you know, and Nick struggled a little getting out on those threes. But late in the game, Nick was really on, was really getting out, playing really good defense. But fuck, if that's the thing you miss about Reed is that consistency with those guys. It's uh, it's never uh, it's never a consistent thing, and uh, you know, the, and PJ, man, PJ, those foul troubles in the first half. I hope that doesn't continue. But once again, it's just the way they call the game, and it's hard to uh, it's hard to uh, know when they're going to when they're going to call it close and when they're going to let things go a little bit. So you kind of have to feel it out early if you're PJ, you know. And that's just that's just the nature of the beast. You never know what's, what what officiating crew is going to be there. But you know, like I say, it is what it is on the officiating. But right now they just really got to dig in and get back to playing that defense, that defense that they uh, they were playing just you know a couple games ago. And Ashton Higgins is the key to that. He's really got to get rolling, and that that's something that I don't understand how you can go from being the best, how you can go from being the best to. Uh, to reverting like he has here lately. And I think I now have Roger on with me. Maybe not. <laughs> this phone line has cut off like three times. Can you hear me now? And now I think I got it figured out. There's Roger with us. Hello. How you Hello. doing, Roger? Hello. How are you? Should it I'm be doing, doing basketball well. or how should how do I dress you tonight? Basketball Benny. <laughs> Basketball That's Benny. The, it's good to be on uh, with you. Thank you very much for having me on. It's going to be an honor. Uh, oh, it's it's an honor for me. I was looking forward to this, and I was having some trouble with the phone lines there for a minute, and I apologize. I've had trouble with those to begin this. <laughs> so, well, that uh, could have been me as well. That could have been me <laughs> as well, so... Yeah, well, I have trouble. I, I can't blame it on you. I have trouble every night on, on this so far. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm glad you came on to talk with us. And, uh, you know, I was going to get your thoughts on this uh, last old Miss game here and uh, see what you thought about the Cats. Well, boy, I tell you, that's a big subject. And 
I tell you, uh, ever since I started following you on Twitter, I've not really been on Twitter long, really since November. I had a Twitter uh, that my kids made for me. I coached a little high school up in Kentucky, so I've been on it. So uh, you get to know that there's a lot of people out in the Big Blue Nation that really know the game of basketball. And I, I don't say this to stroke anybody, but you know the game. I followed you, and I, there's so many fans out there that I'd love to follow and get insights into. I love to see the way different people see what's going on. And when I give my analysis, really, it's just from my experience as a ball player, but I've been a fan for the last 33 years. And, you know, what I saw last night, I really like. There's a whole lot to like about last night. I mean, I thought the first half we had, uh, Benny, without uh, without uh, both Reed, obviously we knew he wasn't going to play, but with PJ uh, not getting many minutes because of his foul situation, I thought I thought Tyler and Keldon looked tremendous. I thought everybody had their moments in that first half uh, to be able to 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 go into Mississippi and play the first half really without two starters. I thought was a little underreported, but I thought the second half, P.J. came back and went to work. I mean, they had absolutely no answer for him. But I think the thing I was most excited about was the way that I saw the team come together. I I saw that that togetherness and that connection that, you know, we saw against Tennessee that we've seen in big games, Carolina, Louisville, the the home game against Auburn. Uh, when those guys are in that place with each other and with Coach Cal, uh, to me, I don't know that there's a better team in basketball, uh, in college basketball right now. And and I say that, you know, knowing that, you know, everybody likes to talk about Duke. Well, hey, Duke struggled. I listened to Kay afterwards, uh, as I do most of the time, uh, to get to hear about I always love to hear what coaches say. And, of course, coaches – talked to a lot of different audiences after a basketball game, but I watched more of their demeanor, but he looked like he's a worried man. So I'm not sure, you know, with, with Zion out and some of those things, uh, I'm not real sure. I, I'm, you know, he might come back and they might catch the world on fire. But as with Reed, when he comes back, guys now are playing different roles and they're, all their roles have gotten a little bigger. And when Reed comes back, we'll see if they get smaller. We'll see how how everybody accepts the new roles. That'll be crucial to watch for. I have great confidence in that situation because Reed Travis is a first-class not only person, but he's also a first-class ball player, and he's here to win a national championship. So whatever Reed has to do, whether he's got to swallow a few minutes here or there or get bigger minutes, whatever Cal uh, wants him to do, I know he's going to do it with a great attitude. So I got great confidence in him coming back. Yeah, that's that's one thing about when a player gets injured like that. When they do come back, it does change a little because they have to work themselves back into the rotation. And I'm hoping yeah. that he gets to play ten or twelve minutes, you know, in that last yeah. time of the year, so so he can it would get be you know. Nice. Yeah, I think I think it'd be nice, man, and I think he will play because Calipari pretty much said he wouldn't, so that makes me think he will play because he has been saying there's a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, you understand Cal speak then. That's great. I'm a great (laughs) Cal watcher. I I, 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 I always love to listen to Cal and and watch his demeanor and 
so uh yeah he's uh he talks to a lot of different audiences as well afterwards and he doesn't always like to show his hand so uh you never know what's going to happen but that would be great if we got some good minutes before the SEC tournament. Uh, I think the pace that they go at, I'm sure, in practice with who he's playing against in there, PJ, uh, EJ and uh, um, gosh, I'm drawing, Nick, uh, you know, he's not going to find a whole lot of, you know, longer length to play in to come back in and get, get back in rhythm against in practice. But, you know, there is a lot to be said. You know, granted, he is a five-year senior, senior, but you know, it takes you, you know, it takes you some minutes to get used to getting back in the game time and getting in your zone. So, but he's very disciplined mentally, and he's that type of a person that I think that transition is going to be real easy for him. That's yeah, that's that's pretty much my thoughts on it as well. What do you think is the key to making this final four run? What do you think they need to do? Well, you know, I think well, I think everybody that's you know one of the great things about our fans is we've we've listened to great coaches over the years. You know, Coach Tubby and uh, Rick, and you know, even Billy Clyde had some wisdom, and Coach Sutton and Coach Cal and Coach Hall. And some of us who are old enough to obviously I listen to him on a daily basis, and Eddie. But you learn the game and you learn what championship teams look like our fans are very sophisticated. We kind of knew going into 2012, that stretch, you know, I think we all had great confidence in that team. Uh, this team, I think we have great comp. I'll speak for me personally. I think we got great com- I got great confidence in their potential. It's just whether or not they have those intangibles, they show up with one purpose. Um, I do think last night, I don't know if it's because, uh, uh, Reed was out of the game, but I noticed that the, the perimeters were they were getting the ball up the floor and they were tacking a lot earlier than they usually were uh, than the last few games. Uh, I think that's why Keldon and Tyler had such big games. I think Kyle might have given them a little bit more of a green light to do some scoring early in the offense, and I thought that even after made shots, usually we don't push the ball up. There were several times that when we took the ball up the floor, and we pushed it up uh, that we got uh, different types of shots and we attacked earlier, that's a that's a component of I think if they continue to do that, I think we're going to just keep growing as a basketball team because not only do we need Nick and P.J. and, and our bigs scoring and being infect, effective inside, but we're at our best when Keldon and, and Ashton and, and, and Quickly and, and Tyler are all looking to score in – in the offense, and I thought that I saw that more last night uh, than I had seen in the games past. That the that the primers were getting more latitude to do some things. So I think if Cal keeps moving that direction, I think you'll take care of your unity problems because I think sometimes I think the perimeters this year we've made some accommodations for for our inside game. I think they feel like that they've got a little bit more to offer. And sometimes when you feel that way, uh, you know, you don't, you know, your, your spirit and your, your confidence and your mojo goes down a little bit. So I think, you know, Cal is, is great at, at, at getting the offense right in pace and who's getting the shots. He's about there right now. And I think it tilted a little bit more towards the perimeters last night. 
And I think if he keeps that formula, I think really good things are going to continue to happen. I agree with you, and I actually, you know, I actually tweeted at Big Blue and Center, and I think they took it the wrong way because I, I didn't have the the words that you had there to put it. I, I pretty much saw uh-huh. DJ set plays time after time that the guards become disengaged. Not only does that yeah. affect the offensive flow, it affects offensive rebounding because they, you know, they all become disengaged. Yeah, well. I, I think, uh, you know, P, PJ, if there's there's one guy that I've watched through the Calipari area, and my, what a great, what a great uh, list of great players that Cal's brought here. I mean, it's been great to watch the wonderful players, uh, but I think that he's helped uh, PJ and stuck with PJ more than any player that he's coached. He did a lot for Briscoe, I thought, his second year when he came back. But I think, you know, early PJ, he was looking for PJ to do some things that PJ's been doing, you know, the second half of the season. But Cal stuck with me. Not all coaches would have done that, particularly since we've got a lot of offensive options. I don't think we have that one player. I think if we get PJ the ball in certain places on the floor, he he's almost unstoppable. It does take two. And what I saw from PJ last night is as soon as he had that double team, okay, he was kicking it out and the ball was moving. That that's a big that that's a big thing. When you're a guard and you throw it in there and it doesn't come back out quick or you get double team and he still tries to do something and the coach keeps saying, Let's get it inside your morale gets down a little bit. You stop believing in what we're doing. And I think, you know, with the way PJ's handling the double teams and some of those things, he did, he did do a better job with it. And I think fans who get upset at people talking X's and O's and things like that probably can't talk it at the level that you want to talk it at, Benny. I mean, I think they just think that there's people that are being critical of PJ and PJ has been highly promoted, you know, uh, by the basketball program, rightfully so. But, but there's not always been times that he's lived up to his billing, but as of late and particularly last night, I mean, come on, he's, he's delivering. And uh, uh, so I'm happy to see it. and And I'm a big believer in PJ. I think PJ's our best player. I, that's not uh, – if anybody took that that I did, then they're, then they're wrong. I was just – you know, I was just trying to say that, like, his best game to me was that North Carolina game. I think he had – he only had 11 points, but he had 13 rebounds and 10 assists. And that's – to me, you know, that's what Calipari preaches anybody, you know, all the time anyway, is numbers are not everything. Yeah. It's how you play the game. And that game, their offense was really blowing, I thought. I thought that was their best game of the year from what I have seen. Maybe the Tennessee game at home, but you expect that Tennessee game at home, you know. Well, let me let me say this. I think teams that run, teams that play an up-tempo against us, I've noticed that uh, I, 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 uh, the North Carolina game, I was anxious to see that. I watched the game from a lot of different angles, uh, from a player, a fan, a, 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 a formal coach former coach who, you know, I'm, I, I, I love to study basketball theory and basketball knowledge and philosophies and things like that. And tempo is always a big part of any offense. I was anxious to see what Cal was going to do against Carolina because at that time I think they were averaging close to 90 points a game. 
And Cal turned them loose and let them run. And anytime we play a team that runs, uh, we fared extremely well against them. And uh, last night, I know Mississippi liked to run, and, and the last night, I'm not real sure they, they wanted to run with us. I saw them for the first time that I watched them this year not quite want to push it. And I think other coaches respect the fact that one of the things we don't want to do is let Kentucky get out in transition a lot because we're very potent. I mean, Kelvin and, and Tyler and Ashton and Quickly uh, and Baker who can spot up. I mean, we've got a lot of we got we can throw a lot of offense at you real quick. That's that's very efficient. So I uh, we'll see how that continues to go the rest of the year on the tempo. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they they're they at least from the perimeter side they play a lot better up tempo. They they seem to be more engaged and and to me when they're more engaged that's when the defense is a lot better. You know, I've yeah. seen some. You know, when you talk about a lot of people are talking about. Hagen's defense, and it is not what it was a month ago, but of course a lot of people are figuring out how to play him too. But yeah. he's got a counter now, and he's got to come back. And I notice a lot of technical things for him. Staying in a stance seems to be a problem for him. Just little mental things to me is all it is. And sometimes effort. and some, You know, like last night I was frustrated with our transition defense. They were really slow getting back, and not all the time, but I, I think I've seen five or six times where they were just walking back for, to start, you know. Yeah. And by the time, next yeah. thing you know, there's a layup on the other end. Yeah. I think that's something yeah. that's got to get better to make this run, and I think it will because, you know, we have the right man at the hand to do this, and he's not going to accept anything less. Yes, yes. Well, uh, getting hitting on a few things that you talked about with Ash and – uh, you know, obviously he is a tremendously talented defensive ball player. And um, when when guys like him come in, uh, come to the major college level, he's used to being able – great defense to him is he could – he's probably – every point guard he's ever faced until he came to the University of Kentucky, he could probably turn them. He could probably strip them. He could disrupt them of starting the offense. He could drive. He could probably drive somebody from the right side of the floor to the left side, where they've got to swing their offense and and put it into a different entry side. Uh, you know when they make that first pass. But here, I think he's got to respect. You know, guards. I, I just watched the Waters from LSU, and I remember when he played against him. He's just got great defense. Is solid. Don't let him beat you. Get a hand in his face when he shoots. And that's great defense. But uh, being the warrior that he is, and that's why I love him, he can't – the competitive side of him will not allow him to play smart right now because he wants to get up in him so bad and he wants to disrupt him so bad. And eventually he'll learn how to do that, but he's still probably a year away from being able to do that. So uh, most point guards, when you reach or you lunge or – you try to do some of those things, particularly SEC guards. All of those guards should be able to exploit a bad, whether he's not in his stance or he's reaching or he's trying to run through a pass. A good guard uh, doesn't have to be highly athletic, should be able to exploit some of those things, and I think that's what's, that's what's happened to him a little bit. So he's probably, and I'm sure Cal has mentioned this, redefining what good defense looks like at the major college level. 
that's yes, that's that's a lot of it, and he gambles a lot, and Tyler gambles a lot as well. And last night, I, you know, like I say, I'm not when I say these things, these are just things I noticed. I'm not talking bad about the kids, but he, he gambled on that steal there at the end and gave up that three, and I'm just like, <laughs> stay in front, please. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and that's just that's just playing pressure, you know. And I meant to get into it with you about back in your day, but I only said this for 30 minutes, so I apologize. That's all uh, right. We, no, we get you're to fine. Talking to you and, uh, I, I, but, I'd much rather talk about this team. I love this team. I love it. I love this so, team, too. And, and I, yeah. some days I think they're a national title team, and then just like you, some days I, I think they're just a potential national title team. I don't know what happened yeah. in Tennessee. I've yet to figure it out. I think it was just more – it looked to me like they got shook in the atmosphere. What do you think? I think they felt like they were going to come in and uh, I try to put myself on the team and go through some of the things that you go through. You know, I was a part of a lot of number one teams. We were number one for many months in 84 and 86, 83. So you kind of understand what happens on the inside where you get upset because we were upset. Uh, most of those years, uh, but really, uh, it, it's it's probably they just probably thought they were going to play the same Tennessee team that they played in Rep Arena. I think they thought they had broke them. I actually think they thought that they owned them. I think they 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 didn't give enough respect to Tennessee. What they were going to find, I didn't see it that way. I didn't. I didn't. When I watched that game and the way that Tennessee pretty much dominated the whole game, I didn't see guys that I thought were overcome by the moment because I think these guys are the bigger the moment, the better they are. But I think they came in with the wrong mindset, respectfully. That's what I thought. I thought they needed to, you know, as they say in The Godfather, you got to go to the mattresses in games like that. I mean, that's one where you're huddling up in the locker room and you guys are really – talking to each other and you guys realize this is going to be a tough we got we've got to all be ready we've all got to be locked in we know they're going to make runs we know we got to keep the crowd out of it and when they do make the runs how are we going to react to those runs you know we can't bolt we can't fold we got to come back and hit them back in the mouth uh you know those are the kind of the conversations that they got to have you can pretty much tell I remember last night after the after the huddle to come to the jump ball, the starting five now gets in a huddle. That's a good sign. That shows, as Cal says, that's becoming more of a player-driven team, and they're starting to take over matters and handle them in the game so that Cal doesn't have to. So um, I thought that was a good sign. They hadn't always done a huddle after the huddle. I look for little things like that. I think it's a sign of unity, and I think it's a sign of the team coming together. I think it's a sign that they understand that you got to respect every opponent, and you've got to you've got to make sure that the game doesn't get out of control. So uh, I thought we came uh, did a great job last night in doing some of those things. I I thought so as well, and I was really worried, you know, I, yesterday because after what happened to them in Tennessee, I thought it might. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it might stick with them, but I'm sure it did stick with them. But I thought it might cause them 
to uh, lose a little confidence, but I think they reacted complete opposite, like you said, as they did from the Duke thing, and they they yeah. become mm-hmm. you know they had unity instead of wondering if yeah. I think after that Duke game they wondered just like we all did, are they as good as they thought they were, and and they yeah. probably weren't well, at that think, time. Yeah, I Go think ahead. the bad Go thing ahead. about the Duke game was. Uh, after the Duke game, we went through a string of home games of really schools that really, when we beat them, we didn't really know who we were, respectfully. I mean, you know, after the Duke game, what did we have, about seven or eight road home games? Yeah, it was, the, there were some really bad teams in that stretch, too. Yeah, yeah. so I, I felt like that the, the fan base couldn't come back and actually gauge what was – you know, what what kind of progress we were making. Hopefully we don't have another stretch of home games like that in the future. Uh, but uh, I thought I thought that, you know, uh, then we had the Seton Hall game, which was the next test. And when we didn't pass that test, I mean, fans are loyal and we always believe in them, but you got to give, you got to give your fan base something to believe in, you know? Yes. And uh, so – I think when people start talking about our fans who had been a little disappointed with some things uh, throughout the year, anytime I hear other fans criticize other fans, I don't even really pay attention to it because, you know, it's up to the team and the basketball program to generate that confidence and inspiration in their fan base. And believe me, our fan base shows up every game. Our team doesn't always show up this year, but believe me, our fan base shows up. We're ready. You're ready to go game time, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got hey, about 10 seconds, you, Roger. You, yeah. And I appreciate well, hey, it. I loved it. Thank you very much. We'll do it uh, again. Have a good night. All righty.